Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I got to tell you something, folks. Um um, the, uh, the last, um, oh, I imagine a little while, I guess the mountain cedar or what have you, but, um, and having a little few, a little sinus problems, you know, and that's what was going on when I, when I opened the show here today, but I'm okay now and glad to be with you. Glad that you come along with us as we build a bridge throughout, uh, the great nation of America. It has been, oh my, the last what, 60 days has been absolutely um, life-changing. <laughs> you know it has. It's been life-changing. Yeah, and um, we're going to talk about uh, some of those life changes this week, uh, particularly tomorrow when my special guest, and I mean a very special, Special guest, you want to tune in tomorrow, uh, Doctor. One of your favorites, matter of fact, Doctor Marlene McMillan will be on with us. Why Liberty Matters, and we will see her world view, uh, her uh, take on the type of world view that's being put in place as we speak. You do know <clears throat> that there are some who actually feel as though. Um, there is method that's always attained in maddening times like these. Yeah, yeah, there's always someone, nefarious if you want to call it that, uh, you know, who has a method that they want to initiate during crisis times like these. Instead of uh, the method being keep us all safe, many times the method can be how do we uh, better socially engineer a nation through this crisis. Not saying that they want the crisis to occur, not saying that at all. I am saying, though, that there are some people who don't let a crisis go to waste, as has been said by Rahm Emanuel. Uh, former mayor of Chicago, right hand to Barack Obama. We cannot let a, a crisis, can you never let a crisis go to waste. And you can believe me when I'm telling you that uh, this crisis, as far as those with that type of ideal, and they can be on any, either side, 
I'm not talking strictly about uh, liberals or conservatives or libertarians or whoever. I'm talking about the human nature and the worldview that, pardon me, that comes out of that when that nature becomes greedy. Okay? And greed is something that is pervasive throughout the entire human race. But somehow what will happen is that um, there are various people who will try to use it as a divisive tool when there's nothing either any of us could do about, uh, you know, how we were raised and all that type of thing and how we were born. You know, you have nothing to do with that. So you should have nothing to do with the way they live their lives and the way they want to live their lives. Um, You can't tell me that all white people are the same. You can't tell me that all black people are the same or Latinos are the same. We, We group them the same, but that's our own bigoted hypocrisy. We, we're, the, we're the ones who group people like that. Children don't do it. No, they don't do it. We, we learn to do that. And so, and so when we look at what we are to learn here uh, from what's happening in, uh, in this nation right now, um, we're going to have to examine and bring in some great minds like Dr. Marlene <clears throat> to talk to us about uh, the um, end game. And I don't know if it's the right term, but the method to the madness that's going on right now. There, there's always a method to the madness. I also want her to chime in again on the Benjamin Bloom type of uh, educational uh, approach that we have here in America and how every educator in this country is influenced by the Bloomian uh, ideals of education. You know, that's what we've been dealing with. And of course, you don't know anything about that because, you, well, quite frankly, you you wouldn't know anything about that. You're, you wouldn't. You send your kid to school and you trust that, um, hey, he's going to get a good education, right? But you're not really sure where that information for the education will come from okay going to talk to dr marlene tomorrow tomorrow you be sure don't you miss tomorrow's show if uh you don't get both hours of the cl bryant show be sure to download free the cl bryant show on uh, from your app store uh and it's a free download don shula um well he, he died with his legacy intact yeah, met Coach Shula once, um, met Coach Shula once and has eaten at Shula's, um, I don't know how many times, uh, <laughs> down in, in Florida, uh, the restaurant. But he's uh, gone on to uh, meet his maker, the creator, and Coach Shula was 90 and uh, was confined to a wheelchair, and now he's free. He is free. And... Um, the only coach, uh, 1972, Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, undefeated. Coach, the record is intact. At least in your lifetime, the record has been intact. <clears throat> and so, long may it rain, and you rest in peace and enjoy your new life. Also, friends, you need to be on the lookout for what's being known 
uh, at what's being called the Killer Hornet. Yeah. Two-inch long stinger. Able to penetrate uh, beehive or beekeeper suits. More venomous. And they seem to be somewhat aggressive. In Japan, at least 59, 50, 60 people a year die from their attacks. And it appears they have made their way to um, America via perhaps ships from Asia into Seattle, into the Washington state, into Washington state. And the projection that is being laid out for all of us now is that uh, in three years it would have reached the East Coast of the United States. They would have reached the East Coast of the United States. So uh, you have uh, the department um, doing its very best to stave that off. But I'm not sure how you do that. You know, if how long they I'm not sure how you do that. But my point that I'm trying to make is this. You have um, I tell you all the time, uh, if you if even if you don't believe it, if you don't, if you don't even if you don't believe it, you find yourself a Bible and you turn to the 24th chapter of Matthew. That's the New Testament. And uh, you read the entire book. And, the, and then uh, I think that's Luke 19 is the other one. And um, you go there. And I believe that we have been in this passage, this segment of scripture for uh, at least um, 25, maybe 40 years longer, maybe longer. Maybe since even Israel became a nation again, we may have been living in this um, time frame that Jesus himself spoke of that would come up on the earth Never before uh, has the all all of the um, ingredients, all of them, all of the ingredients, been available to us as a race of people on this earth, and then they are right now, and we waste our time um, speaking to each other in colors, looking at each other in colors. When the bigger bigger picture is, um, do we get out of this alive? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, of course you don't. So how would you have wasted? How would you have spent that time? I mean, I certainly don't want to stand before the Lord and um, and have to say to him that uh, out of all these killer bees, earthquakes uh, in divers places and all of that type of thing that's uh, going on, you know family members turning on each other because of political differences. Oh, yeah, man, oh my goodness. It's civil war in some families right now, not just because of the tension and the strife of having to live your life this way, um, but it's simply because um, people are agitated politically, religiously, in any way that you want, economically, um, educationally, you name it. People are agitated, and that has no party label. And my question, 
as we head toward uh, this 2020 election, and that's going to be interesting. That's going to be incredibly interesting to see how that's pulled off. And uh, again, let me reiterate, Joe Biden's goose is cooked. He's is finished. I've been telling you this now for months. I've been putting it on, I, I, hey, thousands and thousands of you, you know what I'm talking about. I've been saying this for months. Joe Biden's goose is cooked. It's time to say goodbye to Uncle Joe. The deer in the headlights will not defeat Donald Trump, and the Dems know that. Gee whiz, the thing that the the president did Sunday night uh, in front of the Lincoln Memorial um, was well done. (laughs) <laughs> Would you like what he had to say or not uh, as a um, producer, film maker myself? I, I was well done. The angles, the shots, everything was well done. You're gonna t- it's going to take more. It's going to take somebody other than Joe Biden. Quite frankly, I don't see anyone in the camp over there that uh, would would be saying oh i can't oh, only only if joe i think i heard some some uh, i think that was jason chaffetz my buddy jaffetz said uh, jason said this the other day uh, there's nobody in this country saying only if joe was was president <laughs> Are, are you here? I chuckle. It made me chuckle then. It made me chuckle now. Nobody in this country, not even his own party, is saying, oh, my God, only if Joe was president. There were some who were saying only if Hillary was president, it'd be great to have the first woman in. That's the only reason they wanted Hillary. That's the only reason, because it, it, it appeared at, at some point that she was going to be able to pull off that first woman president thing. But, you know, and then they we weren't ready for the first socialist. So uh, Biden was the choice. Bernie had to go. Biden was the choice. But Biden can't pull the weight. Uncle Joe's finished. And with these women coming out of the woodwork like they're coming out of the woodwork and they keep coming. I, hey, you better believe once that door starts to open, Joe, every listen, you had better not pinched a cocktail waitress uh, 30 years ago. She's coming forth. <laughs> you had better believe it. So Joe's finished. Joe's cooked. Goose is cooked. So the question boils down. It comes back to us. Do we want a dangerous freedom over uh, a peaceful slavery? Which which we we got to choose, huh? I was saying to a, a friend, um, speaking to someone last night um, about this, and I knew that I was going to talk about this. Amazing how it set the stage for um, today's show, a conversation. Um, dangerous freedom over a peaceful slavery. Hmm. You must choose. So what do you choose? Now, Americans hear me because when I come back, we're going to 
share with you what Americans have always chosen and what you are seeing all over the country beginning to break out is in the DNA of America. Now, whether it's the right thing to do or not is a whole nother conversation. I'm just telling you what you're seeing. Very familiar with how the DNA of this country works. Right? Press flesh with it. Year in, year out, year in, year out. Press flesh with it. Talk to them. Hear them. Break bread with them. You know. And I know that Americans are very smart people, but we are people who have choices. And the choice that we have now in the midst of what we are facing is is the choice of a dangerous freedom over a peaceful slavery. Now, when I return, I want to share with you what this group of people, this nation of folks called Americans, the most, in my opinion, in my my estimation, and I've seen many of the peoples on the earth visit some of their countries, but from what I have seen and from what I can tell and from what they will tell you, America is the most exceptional nation on earth. What has made it that way? It's not stupidity. It's not ignorance. It's not uh, recklessness that has made us the most exceptional nation on earth. But uh, the answer to what has made us exceptional is found in the choices between a dangerous freedom over a peaceful slavery. So when we return, we need to open that. We need to delve into that. And every true American, every red-blooded American, I mean, I'm going to be speaking to your soul. We will understand us better after this next segment, I certainly hope. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. Uh, it's been a long and tedious road that we have been traveling, but yet we are still moving. We're traveling. We have not stopped our forward motion or momentum. And that is a good thing. As far as our um, spirit is concerned, We still have it. But how long will that last? Well, not too much longer. If we continue down this particular path, those spirits are going to be broken. Many are already broken. The rate of suicide, depression, and family abuse is rising. I'm CL. Be back. Don't go anywhere.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Glad to be here with you. A dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery. You can have one or the other. America, you can have one or the other. Um, what have we always chosen? We've always chosen the dangerous freedom. As Americans, that's what we have always chosen. We would rather take the risk of losing our life than to settle into the comfort, the warmth, the opium of uh, a peaceful slavery. Well, that's what we've, I mean, that's just historically what we've always chosen. And so that's why I want to talk so bad to my good friend, Dr. Marlene tomorrow, Dr. Marlene McMillan, internationally known uh, mind about the shifting sands of worldview that is taking place in this nation. It didn't matter whether you were liberal, Democrat, Republican, or conservative, or black or white. Worldview uh, many times uh, is misunderstood. And so a nation, a national identity is always based on its world view. And we as Americans, though we have we who sent the first men to the moon chose. That's a part of the dangerous freedom, that type of exploration. That type of expanding the nation from uh, the Atlantic to the Pacific is a case in point of America always choosing to live our lives, our American lives in dangerous freedom. And I will submit to you, as I submitted to a, a friend that I was speaking to the other night, uh, I will submit to you that um, the pursuit of freedom, my friends, is always going to be a dangerous proposition. Why? Because the natural inclination of those who have power and money, chips, is to make, not necessarily subservient, 
but make those who have less than them available to them for service. In other words, I'll give you a job. I'll pay you. And since I'm paying you now to do a job for me, if you want to continue that, uh, then there's a certain philosophy maybe that you're going to have to adopt, especially at, at least while you're working for me. That is the nature of human beings. It has no, it has no racial, it has no uh, political uh, consequence to it. It's the nature of who we are as humans. We choose our political parties usually because of finances. I, that's what I. That's how I do it. You know, I'd be an idiot to vote for to vote the same way as someone who makes um, thirty thousand dollars a year. Huh? And I, you know, you've heard me say that uh, for a long, long time. If you're making, uh, you know, half million, uh, two hundred. If you're making a quarter million, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year. And you're voting the same way as someone who's making thirty or forty thousand dollars a year. One of you is an idiot, and it's not the guy who's making the thirty or forty a year. I see why he's a liberal. You know, but the, the this has nothing to do. You vote parties because of finances. But when we talk about freedom and liberty, we're talking about something that transcends all of that. You know, race, color, creed. We're talking about freedom. We're talking about what you were born with. What Jefferson said that you are endowed with by your creator. And even though Jefferson was a slaveholder, he knew this. That's why... Eventually, within that 80-year period of time, once the country was founded, slavery was gone. It had to go because the documents had to be true to themselves, and that is why uh, you've had your first president of color in this, in this country, and that hasn't happened in England. It hasn't happened in France or Germany, or it never happened in Russia. It just hasn't happened in Italy, but it has happened in America. It's because our documents dictate that that's the natural outcome of what must go on. Now, the way we treat each other is a whole nother story. That's politics. That's political. We treat each other is the way we treat each other is a whole different story. The, the body politic. But uh, when it comes to our personal liberties and freedoms, and that's what this nation is founded upon. Then, then actually that transcends the politics. And the question always does linger. It is always raised. How do we live our lives? Do we live our lives in that with this dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery? I'm saying to you, Americans have always chosen dangerous freedom to peaceful slavery. We've always chosen that. And I'm saying to you that um, when you speak of freedom, being a independent man or woman anywhere in the world, when you talk about speaking your mind, doing you, being you, making your dream happen, you're talking about a place where that 
is possible when you talk about America. It's possible here more than it's possible anywhere else in the world and the world knows it. So why is it that we uh, would like to melt into the warmth of the peaceful slavery? Or at least attack those who understand what's happening. I don't condone being unsafe as far as spreading virus to other citizens and all that type of thing. But um, we're going to have to embrace the danger of what it is to live in this world currently. Or you're going to choose the peaceful slavery that the governments of the world will offer as they come together while you're making your decision. Oh yeah, the, wh- while you're making your decision, I want you to understand something. The governments of the world are communicating because we're looking at, yes, a global pandemic. And so all of the, the, the nations who are affected with this, I think it's 170, 680, uh, well, 170 nations, I think, is um, affected with this. And they must talk. They must decide and decipher how to initiate certain controls if worst case scenario comes about in other countries um, it will be very easy to lead the citizens into peaceful slavery with government dictating and calling your movement and your shots and how you will live It'll be very easy to do that because basically that has already happened in many other countries. And in many other countries, the citizens are disarmed. So government can easily take over and tell you exactly how you're going to chew this cabbage or how you're going to eat the cabbage and how you're going to chew it. Whether it's going to be on the right side or the left side. Oh, you're going to chew it with your front teeth. The government will dictate that. When you can go out into your yard or travel down the street. Even though we talk and see um, the hope of some cities or states like Wyoming, uh, our neighbor to the north here in Colorado is open. And it'll be interesting to see what happens here in the next 14, 15 days, if there is anything that flares up. Mississippi was doing partial openings, and then they slowed it down because they saw flare-ups. So, (laughs) what do we choose? Some are saying that we must go ahead and choose the herd immunity tactic. I don't know about that. After all, even though I'm uh, very feeling very fit, I'm very healthy, and I thank God for that. I, you know, it's the, His grace that 
uh, causes that to be the case for me. Call it a gene pool that he gave to me. I don't know. But I'm over 60. Don't look it. Thank God. Don't feel it. Glory to God. But um, I'm over 60. So there are choices that even I am going to have to make based upon my um, life and lifestyle and age. And when I make those choices, I'll be making the choice based upon whether I want to live a, a life of dangerous freedom or one over peaceful slavery. I can tell you right now, I'll choose the dangerous freedom every time. And maybe dangerous is the, the, the wrong word. Um, cautious, I don't, I don't know. Cautious freedom, I don't, I don't know. I just know this. Uh, the old man, my dad, had this saying, you know, son, I'm just going to live. We're all just going to live until we die anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So simple yet incredibly profound. In other words, calculate the risk and live your life because the fact of the matter is we're all going to live until we die anyhow. You cannot tell me that uh, you have not calculated the risk of going to a grocery store, walking around out in the open period bringing your clothes back into your home, not knowing if something uh, is in airborne, you know, dimensions. Yeah, we, 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 dangerous freedom is what we have always enjoyed. We have no clue about this. And the, the um, vaccine is soon to be out. Are you going to shelter in place until the vaccine comes out? I know people that are already committed to doing it and you can believe this. And um, will he get a, a round of applause for it? Of course not. But the president and, and the way he has been whipping the um, task force and leading this with courage. I think we're going to have a vaccine much sooner than later. Much sooner than uh, thought. And we just have to make sure that it's safe before you give it to people. Of course, you have to make sure this stuff is safe. But I have a feeling we're going to have a vaccine. And if you're one of those who's going to sit it out until the vaccine arrives, do so. That may be the smartest thing to do. But you're going to see American upheaval from then until from now until then. You're going to see American upheaval from now until then, especially in those states uh, that may extend the close down or may have to extend the close down because the people got out too early. Americans will always choose the dangerous freedom. So don't be surprised and don't be angry at them. Just stay away from them if you're one of the people who uh, think differently. But don't be surprised, don't be angry at Americans being who we are, being who they are. Uh, 
peaceful slavery, stay in the house, stay off the roads, and let government dictate to us what and how and when to breathe and eat and uh, what. We, we could do that. That's not what Americans do. That's just not what we do. I mean, how often have we said that um, we don't care how we do it in Europe, how they do it in Europe? <laughs> okay, it's a great place to visit and all that kind of thing. But you know, we don't care how they do it in Europe. You know, I, I care how they do it right now in Denver or in Colorado. And when I lived in Louisiana, you know where I cared about the most that, you know, I cared about what was going on in Louis in Shreveport or in Louisiana because that's where I was. And so, friends, that's why it's your choice how you will approach this with dangerous, will you live your life wanting to be called someone who enjoys dangerous freedom or someone who enjoys or lives in peaceful slavery. Oh, somebody's bristling at that. I know I'm neither. I'm not going to do anyone. I'm cautious. Well, you're choosing one or the other. Either way you do it. It leads to that. Bold and robust. Does that win the battle? You better believe it does. Always does. Wins the lady too. Or does uh, timid and placid. Waiting for it to go away. Maybe if I we hide under the covers. I'm just I'm just giving you all of the scenarios that are out there. Many times people don't want out of a bad situation once they get comfortable in it. A body, uh, one of my daughters said this to me the other day. Uh, She said a body in motion tends to stay in motion. A body at rest tends to stay at rest. Reminded me of that. I think that's uh, one of the theories of um, motion uh, there. And that's fact. And that goes for you as uh, a body who is now encapsulated for the most part in your home, we are beginning to be motionless. And we're losing our edge on what we have always been about. I'm CL. I'll be back. After these brief words, thank you for coming along with us as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. And I also want to tell you, if you don't get both hours of the show, be sure to download free the C.L. Bryant Show app. I'll talk to you in a little bit. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for So you sacrificed 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Uh, what are we afraid of? What makes this thing so frightening? I think it's because uh, it's something that we don't necessarily know how to own. We we can't we don't own this. Huh? It, it, it almost owns us. Somebody said, "What loves you know you know the song? What love got to do with it?" It reminds me of that because that's the way I think of um, love in some ways. Love is the thing about love that's so frightening and so powerful about it is that you really don't own the emotion. No, it, it sort of takes you over. It, it owns you when it takes you over. It, it takes you over. And it makes you do weird things. And that's what this is doing to us. As a nation, it, it, it is, it, it, that's what's frightening about it, is that it has, it, we don't, we, there's no way we own this. We, we don't own it. We can't, we haven't put a bridle in its mouth so that we own it and can control it. It owns us and it's making us behave funny in strange ways. I know that may have been a strange uh, correlation, <laughs> love and Corona. <laughs> Uh, but that's just the way it works for me. And we have to pay attention to the, to the nuts and the things that don't make sense like this. Um, all of you are familiar with uh, the Reverend Billy Graham, one of the greatest, uh, perhaps the greatest um, minister of the modern era and certainly one of the greatest ministers of all time, uh, Dr. Um, Billy Graham, Reverend Billy Graham. He had an honorary doctorate. He had, didn't earn a doctorate. But um, he, uh, he could get he could get a million honor, honoraries, <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, his son, all of you know Franklin Graham. We all are familiar with Samaritan's Purse. We know that Franklin is um, a fundamentalist. And we know that he is uh, evangelical in his religious beliefs, right? Absolutely he is. I know Franklin Graham. Let me tell you something. He is not a hater. He is not a bigot. He is certainly not a racist. In, in any, any way, shape, or form. He has a set of beliefs just like anyone has a set of beliefs. 
and his principles are based upon love for the individual. And I know that there are people who feel as though if you have any uh, opinion other than the opinion of uh, the LGBTQ community about who they are, if you have any other opinion about that than, than what they have, then you are evil. And friends, the truth of the matter is that type of attitude is evil. You don't have to agree with what I believe for us to coexist. Of course not. That's where the conversation comes in. If if I was a part of the LGBT community, TQ community, I would absolutely sit down to talk with Franklin Graham and myself and who, whomever else, bring in uh, whomever, bring in both sides. But you don't get to that place by condemning each other. And they say that Franklin does that. No, he doesn't. He doesn't condemn anyone. He simply proclaims what's in Scripture. He didn't write that. Neither did I. I'm just simply proclaiming it. And for proclaiming what that says, you are called a hater. No, I'm not a hater. I don't hate you. I'm just telling you what I read. I mean, come on. Uh, How many people, uh, how many books have been burned over that very same type of attitude? Yeah. Coming up in the next hour, Bill Gates um, was talking to some people 15 years ago about creating a, a vaccine, an injection for religious fanatics, you know, to control how they react. Now, that may sound like to somebody um, that may sound, oh, that, that's great. We can calm these religious fanatics down. They don't go around talking about God all the time or b- blowing stuff up all the time or, or being Jews all the time, you know. Uh, yeah, it sounds good, doesn't it? That uh, maybe you can neutralize that, right? Maybe it does. But no, friends. They want to curb the opinion. Oh, if everybody just thought like me, <laughs> then, then uh, I evidently I just curbed everybody's opinion, didn't I? No, I want to influence your opinion. I want to throw some um, flavoring into it so that you have um, more of a conversation with the way you believe. And there may be more variety in the way you approach life. But I I don't want to uh, enslave your thought because you disagree with me. Of course not. But there are people who would like to enslave mine. But I, I, most people in, in my camp would never think of wanting to shut you up or close you down. Yeah, we're going to speak out against you. 
we never want to you not to have your say and to speak your mind. That that's just not who we are. That's the way conservatives you are painted, though. And that's who they believe you are, and that's the reality of it. And as long as there are people not wanting to look at both sides of the coin, then you're going to have what's transpiring in New York City right now against Franklin Graham. Took the long way around. But, you know, hey, I'm on radio. (laughs) Yeah, the LGBT community had no problem with Samaritan's Purse coming in to Central Park, setting up uh, field hospitals, tending to this crisis in the heat of battle. And they, Samaritan's Purse should have done it. And people should have remained silent when they showed up to help those who were hurting But if you didn't say anything then, why are you coming out now saying it's time for this racist, hate-filled group led by Franklin Graham to leave your city because that's not what you're about? Oh, the magnitude of that type of hypocrisy is stifling. Oh, I don't mind them expressing their opinion about Franklin Graham? Of course not. But that reeks of ingratitude. You know, don't want to proselytize anybody. Nobody, anybody they help, of course, you go in, you go into any hospital, they give you their literature. <laughs> Come on. All of it's okay except for that that's given out by Christians. That's what the message is, I'm afraid. Oh, it's all cool unless Franklin Graham gives it out, but he can come and help us anytime. Then he has to go. Do you see where this is going? It's not a good place. What's frightening is that this thing has taken us over. It has taken us over. We don't um, own it. This Corona thing is beginning to own us. And that's what Americans are rebelling against. And they're choosing the thing that they have always chosen. Americans have always chosen a dangerous freedom over a peaceful slavery. Anyone who has succeeded in this country at some point in time, I'm not talking about maybe risking your life, but you may have risked financial danger in order to be free. I certainly know any slave who 
escaped the plantation or even survived the plantation practice a dangerous freedom in his own way, large or small, large way, the runaway slave practiced a dangerous freedom, but he'd rather that than a peaceful slavery. I am the runaway slave. Take my word for it. That's what I preferred. Reckless? No, that's not entering into the picture. Who wants to be reckless? Of course not. But you be as cautious as you can in your freedom, even though they're saying that there's danger out there. You let us protect you. You let us keep you. Um, We'll talk about the brother's keeper aspect of all of this when I return after... um, the news hour, the news break. Yeah. It's time for us. I've heard said over and over and over again here in these last, um, couple of months. It's time for us to be our brother's keeper. When I return after the break, I'm going to tell you exactly why that is a message. You do not want to buy into some of you are going to say oh that's biblical (laughs) well the words did originate there we'll talk about how why they originated when I come back And it will give us some insight as to how easily we are misled. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant show. Always glad to be here with you all. Great days in America are ahead of us. Our economy will kick kick into gear again. We're going to finish this year strong. And to all of you Republicans and conservatives out there, take heart. We'll win easily. Talk to you later. Be right back. 